This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal Transfer Show every single day at 8am UK time. Keeping you guys up to date with what's been going on in the world of Arsenal transfers, keeping you up to date with the chaos, trying to make sense of it and getting your thoughts and feelings too in our live chat box as well. I hope you're doing good. I hope you are well this morning. Tuesday, you know, it's, Tuesday's a good day. We like Tuesdays. Tuesdays are nice. Monday's out the way. We're a few days left to the weekend. You can focus on a Tuesday being a positive day. It's arguably one of the best days of the week, I would argue. So there you go. A positive start to your day and plenty of Arsenal news to digest and discuss as well. But before we do that, please make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. We'll be bringing you plenty of shows throughout the season, plenty of fantastic interviews. I'll be chatting to Kevin. Campbell a little bit later on today. I'll be talking, uh, talking to Clive Palmer, Palmer, <laughs> Clive Palmer, uh, a little bit later on this week as well. And uh, we've got some lots of cool stuff too. I also had a chat with the boys at the Arsenal Lounge yesterday on their channel with Mo and, and Lev and Shahin. So make sure you go and check that show out as well. Without further ado, though, let's kick off with our sponsor. And of always, it is the Arsenal Review Pick Your Team game, which you can have a go at trying to predict what Mikel Arteta will go for ahead of the new game against Chelsea after a devastating defeat against Brentford. You can win points to win prizes, as they famously say, upwards of or nearly up to 100,000. And I think actually the, the winning prize is indeed £1,000. So make sure you get on that. Let's go on, though, to our first transfer story of the day. And we kick off with a contract for Granit Xhaka. We knew this was coming, but yesterday, as reported by both Chris Wheatley of Football London and The Athletic, Arsenal have indeed agreed a three-plus-one-year contract to Granit Xhaka. Now, before you freak out and think, oh, my God, it's four years, four-year deal. He already had two years left on his deal. They've extended it by an extra one with an option of a further year on top of that already. Um, look, at the end of the day, I know that a lot of people, including myself, have kind of made peace with Granit Xhaka leaving the club. Um, and, you know, it, it now appears very much so like he's staying. 
I hope that Arsenal can see some positives in regards to the other areas of the midfield that are coming through. And you never know. He may not even get too many minutes because hopefully Lukonga and Partey will become our midfield pairing in the future. But having that experienced figurehead there is never necessarily a wildly bad thing. And he's, he's not as bad as some people would like to make out. But uh, yeah, a, a new deal has been indeed given to Granite Xhaka, which is a big talking point for plenty of people, I'm sure. Now, Eddie and Ketia is being very much uh, linked and talked about amongst plenty of clubs in both England and Germany, uh, which have interested themselves in our young 21-year-old striker. He is currently out with an ankle injury, which is set to see him return after the international break and, of course, the close of the transfer window. And some may make them think that that means he cannot go or he can't leave because he's injured. This isn't true. You can still leave your club. You can still complete a medical if you are injured in some certain ways if you famously remember we signed Kim Kallstrom with a broken back we signed Kieran Tierney with a big groin problem which kept him out for a significant period until he joined up with the team as well so an injury doesn't stop a departure it could affect the chances of that departure of course but it doesn't stop a departure and there is plenty of interest from both England and Germany in the young England youth striker we now go on to the possibility of Hector Bellerin leaving. And this, of course, broke very heavily yesterday morning as we were, in fact, doing the 8am show that Bellerin has been pushing for a move away from Arsenal, specifically because he's getting frustrated with a lack of game time, which could, of course, lead him to miss out on the 2022 World Cup with the Spanish national side. I would be... You know, I wouldn't use the word delighted to see him go, but I'd be very, you know, I'm very fine with him moving on. I think it's a position that Arsenal desperately do need to improve and upgrade. And there are suggestions that they have tried to sound out Barcelona as a possible swap deal for both or either of, more likely, uh, Sergi Roberto and Emerson. Emerson, of course, joined Barcelona from Real Betis this very summer, but with them having Sergi Roberto and Sergino Dest both at the club, there is the opportunity for them to move on one of those players. Sergio Roberto is a very versatile player that can play at right back, can play in central midfield as well, where he's mainly kind of where he came through at La Masia. So it's an interesting pair. It's an interesting option. I'd be I'd be very much more preferring of Emerson, but I wouldn't write off Sergio Roberto. The only thing against Roberto is his injury record. He missed a lot of last season with injury, and maybe that is something that Arsenal should certainly take into account when considering that as an option. Emerson, I think, should certainly be an option going forwards. And he didn't start the game against Real Sociedad. He came off the bench for Barca last weekend, so maybe he'll see it as an opportunity to get some first-team football. It wasn't like they'd protracted to, to kind of sign this guy. Always they had an agreement with Real Betis when they originally signed him. Um, and he was always going to eventually, anyway, move to Barcelona, most likely this summer, because it was a very cheap deal. So, fingers crossed, maybe something could be done in that area with either of the two players. Now, Aaron Ramsdale is pushing hard, it seems. Uh, Sheffield United convinced them to sell him to Arsenal. Arsenal, of course, as we know, have had a number of bids turned down by Sheffield United. And uh, it has come to the frustration of Ramsdale, who would like to make the move to Arsenal, sees it as a dream option and a dream opportunity for him. Um, Arsenal have been continually linked despite those reports saying that the deal had broken down. That hasn't slowed the interest. That hasn't slowed the stories coming out about Ramsdale. And I do believe there is still a good chance of this deal happening before the end 
of the summer window. Arsenal have been looking at the likes of Freddie Woodman at Newcastle United. That situation is complicated by the fact that Dubravka is injured. Darlow is not back to full fitness yet either. And so they would not want to lose their third choice keeper to go to their fourth choice in the short term. But should Darlow, should Dubravka, who expect to be back after the international break, return to fitness and they expect them to return to fitness, then maybe that would open the opportunity to bring in Freddie Woodman to the club this summer as an alternative. But they are certainly looking at homegrown keepers. So your own Nanas uh, don't seem that likely. Although, having said that, Barcelona keeper Neto is still heavily being touted as a feasible alternative, who, of course, wouldn't necessarily be homegrown, which make, but would make me think, why not then go for Onana if you're going to go for a Neto? But, you know, the club makes weird decisions. Martin Odegaard continues to be linked with this move. He is Arsenal's priority signing in the number 10 position. That is without doubt now Arsenal pushing ahead with their plans that they wanted to move forward with at the start of the window. Of course, we didn't know what was going to be happening with Odegaard because of his situation with Real Madrid. But now his actual number, the number 21, has been taken up by Rodrigo in the Real Madrid squad. He's not been registered for that La Liga first game of the season in which Real Madrid, I believe, won their match. But he was not involved. And Melton Odegaard now looks more likely to be joining Arsenal before the window closes. Could even happen before the end of the week. There is lots of discussions around the structure of the deal. There's rumours about Real Madrid possibly wanting a buyback clause inserted into this deal. I would be absolutely not up for seeing that included. And if there's any way that there can't be, Arsenal should definitely pursue that kind of option. I'm surprised that Roma agreed to the Tammy Abraham buyback option, even if it was at 80 million. It's better to have control over a player. Raul Sociedad recently bought out the buyback option that Borussia Dortmund had in Alexander Isaac's uh, contract. Maybe that's something that Arsenal could do if they had to agree to it, but it's just best to try and avoid buyback clauses when you buy players so that you have that control over a player's future and you know what you can do with the player as well. Now, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is arguably the biggest story that is breaking around Arsenal. Conflicting reports from some very big sources. Sky Sports and Sky are saying that Barcelona are indeed interested in signing Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, whereas reports from the likes of Fabrizio Romano have said that they are not interested in signing Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. There are also rumours that he has said that he is fully committed in the situation to Arsenal, that he is, in fact, ill right now, as is Alexandre Lacazette, and that there is no intention to leave Arsenal at the moment. It would be a bit strange, despite him having that poor form and kind of the judgment around his how he's playing at the moment, considering he signed a new deal to become a club legend, if you remember back to that signing announcement back last summer. It would be strange, but... The person being linked, of course, with a possible swap deal is Philippe Coutinho, as we would expect Arsenal to be linked to, because we are pretty much every single summer after he left Liverpool for Spain. And uh, this is a, again, I talked a bit about this yesterday. I think it is a, a rather far-fetched idea. The wages of both players are insane, which makes it a little bit more sensical. But Barcelona are trying to get big wages off their wage bill. Why they would then go in for a player with a wage of over £300,000 per week and like €10 million Euro a year, it makes very, to me anyway, very little sense. It makes so little sense to kind of go in for a player like Aubameyang if they need to get big wages off their wage bill. So that kind of scuppers that idea I would predict that if a striker was to leave, it would be Alexandre Lacazette. It would not be Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. But stranger things have happened. And uh, we could sit here on the last day of the transfer window seeing 
uh, Aubameyang unveiled in a Barcelona shirt and Philip Coutinho moving to Arsenal. You can never really predict the transfer window in its entirety. And this would be one of the very kind of strange and surprising deals of the summer should it happen. I doubt it will. But you never know. And that is all of today's transfer news. And we move on to the second part of the show, which is getting your thoughts, your feelings, your questions answered in the chat box and try to make sense of what you guys have been thinking and saying about the window itself. Let's see what you guys are saying. Stephen Andrews says, Tom, we should do a double swap, Abamyang and Bellerin for Neto and Emerson, and then go and buy a striker. That would reduce the wage bill for us as well. I mean, Bellerin and Abamyang uh, for Neto and Emerson, I, obviously, we want to see players moved on. Um, but Neto and Emerson, I don't know if that actually equates to a, a fair deal for Arsenal, but Bamiang and Bellerin for Neto and, and Emerson. Emerson, you're looking at as kind of a 15 to 18 million pound player. Bellerin, I'd say, is around the 15 million pound mark as well. But Bamiang then is a straight swap for Neto. I'm not sure that's a fair deal uh, for Arsenal. Maybe if there was some money involved in it, possibly, but I don't see Barcelona spending any money at all this summer. It is very much swap deals that they're looking at. Uh, the striker situation, I understand, Stephen, though you're saying that if we move on a striker, then we can focus funds on bringing one in. So there is that to think about as well. Uh, D says, uh, can you imagine that we are selling Lacazette, Aubameyang and entering the season with players like Nketiah and Balogun without getting any kind of new striker? I would be shocked to see Arsenal move on one of, if not both of those two forwards and to not bring anyone in. That would be Surely ridiculous. Surely. I say surely because it is Arsenal. And so you never know with these things. And you can look a little bit stupid if they end up signing absolutely no one after moving them on. But I think it would be a little bit, you know, it'd be a little bit strange to see that um, and to see them uh, go and no one be brought in. But, you know, as I've said many a time, stranger things. Have happened. Chris says, uh, Tom, what do you know uh, about Kevin Betsy? Uh, our under 23s lost 6 1 last night. Not a great start. Makes me wonder how good our youngsters actually are. Yeah, it wasn't a great result. I don't know lots about Kevin Betsy. I know he was with the England under 18s squads and he's very highly thought of still as a coach in that setup. One game is one game. Uh, and as we said, kind of the under 23s for me is it's never really about results. The primary is always development of those players and see how they're improving. But there's a lot of talent in that under 23 squad. So I don't know. But again, there is a lot of kind of under 18s that have made the step up recently. So maybe it is that is a big difference between under 18 football and under 23 football. But I wouldn't read too much into that right now. Matt G says, Tom, how come we haven't been linked with Thomas Lamar yet? We have been linked with him every summer for the past 32 years. Matt, I wish I could give you an answer, and I'm surprised as you are. Arsenal Legend says, Tom, do you feel that Aubameyang and Lacazette may have got a positive test? Uh, they're out for about 10 days. It is a very sound um a theory like for them to be out for this period of time. It makes sense. I don't know why they wouldn't say it's that. I don't know. It's, it's strange that they haven't like said that it's specifically that. But if it is, um, then it makes a lot of sense. I also find it weird that no one they haven't posted anything. Like I was talking to Mo yesterday on uh, the Arsenal Lounge, and we were discussing about how you'd think if there was all of this kind of fanfare and they were staying, you'd think they'd put up like a post saying uh, "recovering at home, get well soon," like get. Uh, go get them lads or something like that ahead of the Brentford game. Do you know what I mean? Like you'd feel like they would post something supporting the team because it's radio silence that leaves everything open to interpretation. 
So it's that is a bit odd. Even I believe, as someone who doesn't like to read too much into social media, even I think that's a bit strange. Uh, Samuel says, Tom, who's the most lethal aerial player you've ever seen? Uh, is it Clarissa, Ronaldo, Cahill, or Crouchy? I mean, Tim Cahill is an excellent header of the ball. Uh, <laughs> it's a very strange question, Sam, that you asked me. I'd argue that Olivier Giroud is one of the best headers of a ball that you'll see. In fact, since he arrived in the Premier League, I'm not sure anyone scored more headed goals than him. And he had that he had that record quite early on in his time at Arsenal. So you'd have to put Olivier Giroud in that list, it's fair to say. Uh, Neil says, Tom, loan deals for Erdegaard, option to buy and get goalkeeper on loan. Sino Nana in January makes sense. Then again, Arsenal do not make sense. Neil, you're making a lot of sense, mate, but I can't say that Arsenal will follow that whatsoever, as you say there. Lewis says, if we get uh, Erdegaard and this swap, surely that now allows Arteta to play 4-3-3. I think both uh, Erdegaard and Smith-Rowe can play in midfield as well as on the wings. Coutinho is a more natural left winger than Aubameyang. You're right, he is. He can play out in a wider area more naturally than Aubameyang. He can play in centre mid. I think that Coutinho has the capacity. I think some people have alluded to this in the chat. The Coutinho, as he gets into his later years, would drop deeper into kind of that number eight role slash Santi Cazorla kind of role. I'm not sure if it would work at Arsenal. I'm not sure if I want Coutinho at Arsenal, but I do kind of foresee that as him dropping gradually deeper into the midfield into his later years. Uh, Gang says, uh, do you think that we would get a new striker this window? If yes, then which striker might that be? I can't tell you who it will be. I genuinely have no idea, Yugank, Um, but I only believe we'll get a new striker if one of Lacazette or Aubameyang leaves. And there is a chance that that could happen. We'll wait and see. Uh, Asmarom says, Tammy Abraham was sold to Roma. Who is the next target again? I, I don't know. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. Vlahovic doesn't look like he's leaving Fiorentina. Atletico Madrid had a huge bid turned down for him. All the other main strikers, Latara Martinez is staying into Milan this summer. I've seen people suggest Valt Veghorst. I'm not a fan of Valt Veghorst whatsoever. I don't think that's the style of striker we should look to try and focus around going forward. Yes, we look, we put a lot of balls into the box. I get that. And he's very good in the air. But I'm not, I don't want that to be our rely. I don't want to rely on, on that being kind of the main thing. I want a striker that's technical, that's quick, that is good in the air still and has that to their, their game. And that's really hard to find. Um, but I do not want to be kind of, you know, um, focusing in and around uh, the, the a type of veg, like Veghorst kind of striker. Uh, Haroon says, uh, would you sign uh, Alex uh, Moriba? Um, of course, the Barcelona young central midfielder, 18 years of age. Would I sign him? Look, I think if, if Arsenal had the option to sign him, he's a very, very highly rated player. I think that there are a lot of teams interested. And if he went to Arsenal it would require a big stroke of luck because I think that there are so many teams, Man City, Chelsea, that are interested in him that we'd be very fortunate if we were to get him. Maybe we can use the argument that we could give him more playing time earlier on in his career than them, but we'll wait and see. I'd be very, very surprised if he went to Arsenal, but there is rumours that we're interested, as you would imagine with plenty of players. Uh, Jashar says, do the Cronkies know that their Arsenal is becoming a laughing stock? Good show with the Arsenal Lounge boys yesterday. Thank you, Jashar. Um, I don't think they. I don't think they care, mate. <laughs> I don't think they care. That's that's where I'm at. I, I, it doesn't feel like they care. Um, if they did care, you'd see a lot more proactive, vocal kind of side of things than than we see. 
it just doesn't seem like they care social says when do we hear the results of the awards touch your eyebrows if you're feeling lucky about it i'm not feeling lucky so i'm not going to do that uh the 23rd is when the nominees come out so we'll wait and see um i'll be very fortunate if we are nominated uh, there's a, a lot of votes and i'm very thankful but there are some amazing people that went for the awards so uh you know, fingers crossed, but uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, let's go to uh, Tubbs, who says, wow, watched Veghorst in the Bundesliga for three years, and he's way better than Laka. Look, I'm not saying that Veghorst isn't, say, an upgrade on what we've got. I'm saying that I wouldn't personally have him because I'd go for a different type of striker. I'm just not a big fan of a one-dimensional kind of figure like a Val Veghorst, personally. Uh, let's go for Benji, who says, we should put more respect on Brendan Rodgers and Graham Potter's name. Strong characters with clear playing styles. But they're doing... Well, Brendan Rodgers is doing a great job where he's at. Graham Potter, I feel like, could do more um, than, than what he did in 2020. 2021's a new year and uh, the new season, so we'll see. Look, my mind's always open to change. If Graham Potter can have an amazing season this year, I'm not saying at the end of the season I won't have my mind changed by it. I just think right now it's a little bit premature to suggest him as a possible uh, candidate. I'd rather someone with a lot more experience than Potter um and uh and yeah that's just simply where i'm at on, on graham potter to be honest um let's go for Anne's 14 who says uh it's two weeks until arteta said we must judge him at the end of the transfer window with possibly only erdegar being the only transfer in it doesn't look good how would you judge him i still think three signings it looks like the three signings is the thing i, I said that for enough said that for a couple of weeks i feel like three is the magic number we'll wait and see um May, I may be absolutely wrong, but my prediction was three. Three more after Ben White signed. That was my prediction. So let's wait and see if indeed it does change. Uh, New Master 69, who, if you don't know, is a fantastic reference to, um, I, I believe it's Endgame, <laughs> says, is Arteta going to get sacked? I mean, we'll wait and see. I don't think so. I don't think so. Nico says, Tom, uh, if we finish outside the top four this season, would you think Saka and Smith-Rowe would look for a move next season to play in Europe? Um, I think that they wouldn't. I think that they would still remain. Uh, I'm hopeful of that. Um, they've Obviously, Smith-Rowe signed a new deal. Saka only signed a new deal last summer. I would be hopeful that they're staying, but they want more. They definitely want some assurances about where the club's going for their own careers. Absolutely. Uh, let's go for Chris, who says, I'd love Graham Potter. I think he's the right guy. My first choice. Uh, no Sleep says, why has no one gone for Basuma? It is interesting, isn't it? It's very intriguing. I mean, it's something that a lot of people say. Why was no one interested in him? Uh, we, we get linked to players and people go, well, no one else is going in for him. Basuma is someone that we all would like to have seen, and yet he's still at Brighton. No one's moved for him. So if that's the theory that you go by, you've got to apply it in all contexts. I, I don't apply that theory personally. I think it's a ridiculous thing to say that well, no one else is interested in publicly that we don't know about. I think you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So I personally wouldn't apply it to that situation, but I do know that it's something that people talk about as a way to judge why or why a player is not necessarily working. People did it with Lacazette or Aubameyang when we signed them. No one else was interested in them when we bought them. Why did we sign them? I don't think that's a, a legit thing to say. It's the same thing with Basuma. It's very interesting that no one's gone in for him, but I don't think that's an indication of a lack of quality. 
Uh, Yannick says, hi, Tom. Uh, out from Sydney, Australia. Thank you for joining me, mate. If you could sign only one realistic target, who would it be? If I could sign one realistic player before the end of the window. who would... The thing is, Yannick, is that the backup goalkeeper position is so important. It's so important, this window. Because if Leno's injured, we are absolutely stuffed. Because it's either Runnison or a youth keeper. That That is where we're at. And... It, I know that we had a year where Chesney came through and Chesney was kind of still thought about as very young at the time and he took his chance when it came to him. But it's a very different set, I think, that are there right now. And I do think that that is a, a real priority that we need to get done this window. It may be a boring position, I know, but it's so important. So I'd probably choose that position. And, you know, I have no issues with Ramsdale as a player. I have issues with Ramsdale as the, kind of the price tag associated with him. If you said that we were getting rounds out for 10 million quid, I'd have been like, yeah, that makes loads of sense. Homegrown, good keeper. Um, but for 26 mil, I, I can't justify that. So that's that's the difference in that sense. Uh, Asmarom says, uh, should Arsenal go in for Mateus Cunha? Uh, it seems that he's more suitable to the Arsenal young, versatile, good on the ball. I like Mateus Cunha. Drew, who obviously watches a lot of Bundesliga, really likes Mateus Cunha from her to Berlin as well. Um, I don't know loads about him, but just from speaking to people who do, they, they like him a lot. But it's not someone we've been linked to, to be honest. Complex Theory says, when Arteta joined, it was widely recognised that it would be a long-term project. Yet fans still appear to want success. Now, surely it's going to take three to four seasons to rectify the deep-rooted problems. Look, Complex, the problem with that argument is that we finished eighth two seasons in a row and that we don't look like we're progressing. A three to four year project is not three years of really mediocre stuff. And in the fourth year, it comes alive. That's not a three to four year project. A project is something that gradually improves over the course of those years. And I'm I'm not seeing that progression. And that's why I can't support this project at the current state of play, because we're not seeing progression. That's that's the issue with it, and that's the problem with that theory, is that we can talk about it being long-term, but during that process, you have to see progression. Otherwise, there's no argument to it, in my opinion. Uh, let's go to Ansu, who says, Tom, if Barcelona is trying to reduce their wage bill, uh, it would be smart to swap Emerson for Bellerin, because I'm pretty sure he earns less. I agree. I'd be happy to do that swap. Absolutely. But I think it would cost us a little bit more than just Bellerin to do. Manu says, would you be against the signing of a 30-plus vocal, experienced, homegrown keeper that could stabilise the young backline? A goalkeeper? No, I would not be against that at all. Have I said anything of Joshua Xerxes? I've not. I know that he's moved to, is it Anderlecht um, from Bayern? Um, I, I think. Um, tell me if I'm wrong, Manu. Um, but I'm interested to see how that gets on because I thought he had a huge future of Bayern, but I think it was a permanent deal. I don't know if there's a buyback or a, if it was a long-term loan deal, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I saw him move to Anderlecht, but I may be wrong. Uh, Akshat says, uh, Tom, do you think we have uh, overrated Martinelli? He wasn't even playing. No, I don't think, Akshat, we've overrated him. He's a kid. He's 20. Like, <laughs> he's still exceptionally young. I still think there are people out there that maybe do overrate him, but I don't think as a collective, the fan base has overrated him. He's very talented. And he's had a big injury that kept him out for a long, long time. And he's coming back from that still. And he didn't get loads of minutes when he did come back. So, no, I don't think we're overrating him. I think we're just – he's still an exceptionally young player. Uh, and that's what you've got to take into account at the end of the day. 
let's go to Complex again. Let's set him reply. He says, isn't the fact that we had the third best defence that only City picked up more points after Christmas progression? Is progression, and I'm talking about overall progression, counted if what happens in other areas regresses? Yes, we did improve defensively. I'm not going to argue with that. But offensively, we've gone backwards. So overall, I don't think we've progressed. Arguably, we have gone slightly backwards. You're right to bring that up. But overall, it's not an overall progression. So you've got to look at it. You can't just pick and choose. It's not pick and mix. You don't go to the stand and pick what you like to fit your argument. You've got to look at everything. And then you come to a conclusion based upon that. And so that, as the overall looking at everything, is we're not progressing. Because the overall statistic is the position in the table. That's the one that matters the most above all else. So that's that's the situation. Uh, let's go to C, who says, Tom, uh, the people, uh, Edu and Arteta, making signings will most likely be gone before the end of the season. I doubt they will be. Uh, we will be stuck with players we don't like for the next regime. Look, see, I don't think they're going to go. I don't think Edu's going, even if Arteta goes. So you can douse your hopes of that happening. Um, in regards to players being signed, that's why Edu is kind of there, because the players are being signed from a executive perspective in collaboration with the manager it's not like when we had Arsene Wenger that it was signed Arsene Wenger players we're signing players as a collective and so that's why if Arteta was to leave the next coach coming in would fall in line with who they would employ fitted around the type of players that we've brought in if that makes sense so it's a tricky situation I understand the point of view and plus a new coach doesn't need all his own players Look at Thomas Tuchel, goes to Chelsea, has a great squad there that was constructed under both Frank Lampard and what had come previously, and they took it to the Champions League win. So it's you can't always just go stuck with those players. And if we're honest, a coach that's stuck with Thomas Partey, stuck with Sambi Lokonga, stuck with, um, with Ben White, stuck with Gabriel, these aren't exactly players I'd define as being stuck with, are they? They're very good players. So I wouldn't say it's like that whatsoever. And coaches come into squads with new players. It's part of the job. So I wouldn't necessarily highlight that as a concern if we were to change manager. Uh, let's go to Jez, who says uh, ESR and Saka will leave. We don't buck up our ideas soon. So consistency, putting in great performances while the veterans around them float through games. And the thing is, um, the thing is for me anyway, that I think those two will eventually, if Arsenal remain in a mediocre state, go. It makes sense for them to choose to go for the benefit of their careers. I hope that's not the case. And fingers crossed, um, fingers crossed that we, we can see improvement and we can see progression. I want nothing more than for Arteta to turn this around. I'm just very sceptical that he can turn it around. Uh, Adnan says, Tom Griezmann instead of Coutinho sounds more of a better deal. Gives us pedigree in the attack and bigger reputation to lift up morale at the club. And if you've watched Griezmann a lot this year, for France, it's a different story. For Barcelona, he's not exactly set the world on fire for Barcelona since moving to Atletico Madrid. I also don't think him as a name has any more pedigree than Coutinho, to be honest. I think they're very kind of similar on that, uh, that pedestal of pedigree. So, and I'm not saying I wouldn't take him over Coutinho. I probably would prefer Griezmann to Coutinho. I'm just saying I don't think they're as far apart as you're maybe making out, Adnan. Um, I also don't think he'd leave. And his wages are 
a joke if you've seen how much he's on. So have a look at that if you haven't checked it out. Uh, Hasala says, uh, do you think Pjanic would work if he comes in for a swap? I'm not sure that's the right move. I mean, let me just check Pjanic's age. He's 31. Um, when I'm talking about kind of Arsenal into some experienced players, I'm looking at the Thomas Partey style of signing. That's the type of signing Arsenal need to do. At the moment, Arsenal had three players of ages 30 and over. We have Lacazette, we have Aubameyang, and we have Willian. No other players are in that 30-plus bracket at Arsenal, and that is a problem. I'm not saying you then go and sign 30-plus players. That's not what I'm saying at all. The point is, is that players sign, uh, teams sign players in the latter 20s so that they mature into their 30s and become really integral parts of the team. I'm hoping to write a piece about this later on Football London today, but the point is, is that Arsenal don't just need to sign young players. This whole invest in youth thing. Arsenal have a lot of youth. But if you've got no players to look up to, if you've got no players to guide, no balance of age in the squad, you get into a situation where you can't rebuild. This whole idea about kind of a football career mode, FIFA management, football manager style of game, buy loads of young players, they'll develop into great ones. Sure, I'm not saying that young players won't develop into great ones. But it's not a game. It's not a computer game. It's the real world and you need balance of ages in the squad. Manchester City, Man United, Chelsea, Leicester, all these teams that are pushing for those European places, they invest in a balanced age group of players. And we don't do that. We have <clears throat> consistently signed incorrectly. We have signed experienced players, but it's the wrong type. If you're going to sign experienced players... I wouldn't be signing players in there like 32 plus. I wouldn't be signing your Willians. I think that was I was wrong about it at the time. Absolutely. I wouldn't have done that. Even if even if it's for depth now, because it's taught us that's not the right way. Your Lichsteiners, no. You're gonna sign an experienced player like Liverpool signing a Thiago Alcantara at 29, he's now 30. That's an excellent addition to the midfield that is gonna sit there in that midfield for a long time to come. James Milder, Jordan Henderson have done great things at Liverpool in their experience ages. Even clubs, and I was having a chat with, I'll give him credit on Twitter, Joe, uh, is it Joe Giffords? I think it is, yeah, at underscore Joe Gifford on Twitter, referenced Leicester City and Borussia Dortmund as teams that are looking to, you know, <clears throat> at times rebuild and have to rebuild because they sell a lot of players. They don't just invest in really young players. Those teams still invest. You look at Dortmund, they've brought in the likes of Axel Witzel. They brought in Mats Hummels again from Bayern Munich. They brought in other players like Thomas Mounier. It's important to sign players that are still of a certain age that give you that balance of age in the squad. And that's what's key. And it's what Arsenal have unfortunately failed to do, is that you need to get a balance in the squad. And we just don't have that right now. And the players that are over 30, like your Willian, like your Laka, like your Aubameyang, there's big questions around all of those players. That's why I'm not massively like bothered about the Granite Xhaka contract, because he's a player that, you know, can be in the squad. We hopefully will not have to start him in loads of games, but him being in the squad and going into his early 30s is, a is an okay, he's a fine player to do that with. I'm fine with it. I'm not ecstatic about it. I'm fine with it as we look to balance the group. If we'd have sold Xhaka and bought in another 23, 22-year-old, 
That may, that would mean that the oldest player in our midfield is El Nenny, who's 29, and then Thomas Partey. El Nenny's probably going to go after this season. Partey would then be the oldest in there by a long way. And if you look at the situation of the striker, we've got Lacazette and Aubameyang, and then a giant gap down to Enketia and Balogun. It's not a healthy situation. Our starting two centre-backs are a 23-year-old. That's fine if they're good enough, and we hope that Ben White and Gabriel are. But the back line is then Tierney at 24. And then we look like we could be signing a new right back, which could take us down to an even younger age. Cedric is 29, but he's not a starter. And that's an issue with the starting lineup of our team. Is It's just it's too many really young guys that really lack someone to look to in the team for guidance and for captaincy and for leadership. And it is a bad building of a squad in my opinion we've improved the recruitment and i'd like us to make more signings like a thomas Partey style signing at 27 is a really good age so that they can mature become really key parts of the team as they go into their early 30s like we see so many top clubs do you look at manchester city Manchester City in their midfield have got some very key 30-plus players. You've got the likes of Fernandinho, you've got Gundogan, you've got Kevin De Bruyne. They extended his contract. It is so key to build a balanced squad with figures in those teams that players that are young, like Phil Foden, can look up to. Mares is 30, Carl Walker is 31. But you need to look up to these players. Manchester United's centre-back line is now Maguire, who's 28, Varane, who's 28. You've got Luke Shaw, who's 26. Then you've got a younger option, Aaron Wan-Bissaka, at right-back. That's a really balanced defence in terms of kind of an age group across the back line. And the two key figures at centre-back are two very key experienced heads at 28 years of age. Whereas Arsenal, and we love to post pictures like, oh, look, in five years' time, White and Gabriel, great partnership, but we still need experience. The oldest centre-back that we've got, I think, is Pablo Marie, who I think, if we were honest, a lot of us you know, would never put him close to the starting eleven right now, and he's in there because Gabriel is not fit. It's a problem, and it's something I think maybe people aren't really taking too much notice of. And I think it's also maybe why Trippier gets written off so quickly, because he's 30. Look, Trippy is a very good right back. I don't agree with anyone saying that Max Aarons is better than Kieran Trippier. And that's not me saying I don't think that Max Aarons would become better than Kieran Trippier maybe in the future. But signing Max Aarons, who I was very on board with doing at the start of the window, but upon reflection, maybe signing someone more experienced in the back line like a Trippier would actually make a bit of sense. Now, I think for the price that he's going for, I'm not sure I'd pay 30 million. But I think it's important that you sign someone of quality, of experience, that is someone that people can look to for that key. It's just won a La Liga title, for goodness sake. It's just got to a Euro final, got to a World Cup semi-final with England. I think people write off players like Trippier way, way too quickly without thinking about the balance of the squads and the experience that's needed. But we'll see what happens with the rest of the window. We are going to finish the show off there. Thank you ever so much, guys, for tuning in, as always. I'll be back with you guys at 6pm today, UK time, with Kev Campbell to have a chat about the managerial situation. We'll have a talk about the balance of the squad and what might happen towards the end of the transfer window. Please make sure you drop a like, a video, and subscribe if you are new. If you'd like to help support the channel, you can by joining up as a member, getting access to lots of exclusive stuff, including our Discord server which they chat about transfers and stuff about arsenal all day long 24 7 see you soon guys and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute 
all your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.